experience the ripple effect. This is the Empowering Youth Podcast from Building Utah Youth. A nonprofit organization established in 2007 to provide powerful leadership training to the youth of our communities. And now, here's your host, by board member, co-owner of Rapport International and certified trainer, Brett Johnston. Appreciate you joining us for part two of the Empowering Youth Podcast, where this episode's guests are the Blanchard family. We left off talking with Bailey, talking about one of her greatest passions in life, playing ball, something the whole family has supported her all these years. Start with your goal, though, when you were 12. Yeah. Who did you want to play for? So more? my, what we call, big, hairy-ass goal in, in our family. Big-hags. Yeah. It's called a B-hag. Yeah, or that. But I like, to, <laughs> I like to say it all the way. Um, was my huge goal was to go to Weber State. And as a Utah kid, we don't get the opportunities um, as much as a Cali kid or an Arizona kid. Warm weather. Yeah, because they get to play all the time. And so it's like, oh, you're great, but you're from Utah. Next. So, um, you know, to be able to play ball at all for a Utah kid is a big deal. When I was 15, I was in a slump and I didn't want to play anymore. I didn't want to play softball. I hated it. Um, That summer was really rough for me. Probably one of the worst years I had. Didn't play good. Didn't hit good. Defense was horrible. Um, So I, I sat down with my dad and... He kind of whipped me back into shape and asked if I wanted to still play or not. Um, And um, to do with the right, you make that commitment to your team. Um, I finished out that year because I made that commitment to my team. I wanted to quit in the middle of summer, but my my dad kept me going because I made that commitment to my team. I I had made a commitment that was bigger than myself. Um, And so I finished it out and you know, it was shitty and <laughs> a little rough, but we made it and um, I found that love again. And so fast forward to my junior year in high school, um, I was talking to a couple colleges and at that time in my life, sophomore, junior year is when you go to a lot of, I went or I went to a lot of college camps um, and we had gone to Boise and, you know, one <laughs> one weekend we were in Um, Portland, Oregon, fly home at like four in the morning to Salt Lake. Then we fly to St. George and do um, a camp there. And then I drove home and played like, you know, it's just, it was crazy. Always going somewhere and talking to college coaches. And so I had the opportunity to um, go up and talk to the head coach up at Weber State and just laid out on the line and said, this is where I want to go. And this is what I want to do. And I was blessed with a offer um, that I took my junior year and we still have the pictures. As soon as we walked out, I took a picture with the wild cat there at the D, um, that is hung up on my wall, me and my mom. Um, and that was pretty special. And then, um, going into my senior year, softball season had just started softball seasons in the spring and talking with Brett Eagle quest had come up. Right. And I had gone through teen leadership and was looking forward to going to Eagle Quest, but um, hadn't been able to go to any of them in the past. And so I went at the beginning of March and it was the weekend that everything shut down. So I only had got the chance to play four games my senior year. And I tied the record for Grand Slams in a career for the Utah State record. 
and then went to Eagle Quest and everything got shut down. Um, but at Eagle Quest, everything I learned there, I didn't need at the time, but I needed it afterwards for my freshman year in college. So during that time, my, my group was a little bit smaller and I got to, I was, became brothers and sisters with everyone that I went with and still talk to them frequently and, and love them dearly and check up on them. But in that, in, during Eagle Quest, um, I actually have a tattoo of it, but my name was Conviction Mountain. Um, and I came up with that um, conviction to stand in who I am and stand in my words and don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of my words and don't be afraid of who I am. Um, and then I used mountain because um, that's my peaceful place and that's where I find my clarity in life and right and they're big and beautiful and and it kind of went along with conviction that reminded me to be big and be not be afraid of who I am because I am big and I am confident and sometimes I get a little scared of that because people don't like that and so that was kind of just a reminder to myself to remember that always um and I, I found my voice and, and remembered who I was going through Eagle Quest and leading into Eagle Quest, I didn't need that. But Eagle Quest helped me for what was going to happen my freshman year. Um, so, right, we don't have our phones. I get my phone back and my phone was absolutely blown up from the weekend because we had literally, we had gone to Las Vegas and right, it was an, I was in Alamo and everything had shut down. Not Aramo. <laughs> yeah, not Aramo. Not ammo, not ammo. Due to COVID. So this COVID had shut absolutely everything down. Um, So I get back, right? And I'm like, what is going on? And, you know, my dad had to explain that, you know, we're going into a a two-week, in quotations, shut down. Yeah, right. Um, So I get back, right? Everything shut down for two weeks. And I'm like, well, dang it, that sucks. But, you know, it's two weeks. Two weeks of my senior season, I'll be fine. Well, then that turned into another two weeks and another month and right. And then everything gets shut down. Um, so that was, that was tough to deal with. Um, for me personally, I didn't get a, I didn't get a senior season. I got four games, um, which was, we didn't even get to regular season. We didn't get to region. Um, so that was tough to let go because senior year, my high school experience in softball was, was horrible. I hated it. And so we had gotten a new coach and, and I felt like, you know, this was my shot to, you know, go out with a bang and have my last hurrah and it was going to be great. And then it got cut short and I didn't get to graduate the proper way. And that was rough to deal with, right? Because, you, you know, that is a huge milestone in life, in my life was to graduate, right? And it's great and it's awesome and you get to walk with everybody. And I had to walk by myself on the football field with a mask on and my parents are getting yelled at to walk as fast as they possibly can off. So I literally like walk up, shake a hand, take a picture, boom, you're off, like onto the next person. And, you know, could only stay there for 15 minutes to take pictures and onto the next. So graduation wasn't all it was supposed to be. It was just, oh yeah, whatever. And on to the next. Um, kind of the same thing for freshman year too. It's like the, what we would compare it to is you grow up thinking how wonderful your wedding day will be and it's going to be magic. Like your freshman year is going to be amazing and you can do all these football games and then unicorns <laughs> yes yes and then wah wah so, freshman year of yes yeah. then um all season it was the end of july going into my um my freshman year um something had happened and had brought up some past trauma 
um, from a recent relationship that I had. And I went to therapy and came to a realization that I had been abused. And that is something that I did not realize for myself until this experience had kind of brought it out. Um, and I went to an depressive episode and I didn't eat food for a while and I would lay in my bed and I couldn't do things. And, um, it was hard, um, to even talk about it because I didn't realize what was hap- what had happened to me because it was so traumatic. And finding my voice at Eagle Quest allowed me to even dig myself out of that hole um, in my heart that was there. And so, um, you know, I talked to my parents and I went to therapy and, you know, came to the realization that um, I have panic disorder and I'm on medication and um, I'm doing great now and everything's under control. Um, but now I'm so comfortable with with talking about it and realizing that that did happen to me and it made me stronger. Yes, it's not something that's great and that's awesome, but I'm able to help other women be empowered through their situations and be able to help them be comfortable with talking about it and healing from their experiences. Um, and I've had chances to meet amazing women and, and help them feel comfortable to realize their traumatic experiences as well. And um, so that was the start of my freshman year, which was a little rough going in with um, having lots of panic attacks and, and having to learn how to be on my own and having to deal with panic attacks on my own, right? Not having my mom and dad <laughs> to be there when they can check me out of school, right? I'll be fine. Yeah, no, my mom and dad weren't <laughs> there to do that for me anymore. And so I get moved in. Everything's great. Second week of practice, I am quarantined. I'm like, well, this is a, this is a great start. So didn't get to practice with anyone for the first 14 week. Days. Yeah. For 14 days. NCAA. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then two weeks later, 14 days. And then, you, yeah. and then two weeks later, yeah. over and over and over again. So Seven that was tough times. to go through the fall, um, wearing masks everywhere, not being able to see anyone, not being able to do anything but softball, straight softball, straight girls, everything. Teammates, that's it. Study How many hall, classes did you have in person? Zero. So, yeah, so that's another thing. Everything was online. So I'm teaching myself, you know, anatomy and physiology and math and English. It was, it was just great. Made it through. I think I had like a 3.5 and, you know, made it through fall. She's being humble. Smart ass. High honor roll, big sky, all academic, both semesters, 3.8, 3.9, self-taught. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Proud parent moment. Yeah, I left that out, but, um, so we go through fall and it, it was a long six months of straight practice cause we weren't able to scrimmage due to COVID to keep everybody safe. Um, and then on October 8th, we were practicing and my parents weren't supposed to show up that day. We had a scrimmage in practice and magically both my parents show up. <laughs> um, my dad shows up the pitch before this happens, you know, Hey dad, what's up? Give him the nod. Very next pitch, um, I ran into the fence and I broke my nose and I lost a tooth and that 
Two surgeries later. Yeah, two surgeries later. Um, I had a surgery to fix my broken nose and then had surgery to help me breathe again. Um, so that took me all the way to the beginning of January mm-hmm. to recover. Um, and then I had to get my, my strength back. So the very first week back of practice, I'm, you know, getting the crap beat out of me every day because I was so tired from not being able to do anything besides lay in my bed. Um, and then I get quarantined <laughs> for two weeks and then I come back for a week and got quarantined for two weeks again. And then we, you know, feeling great. And, um, I accepted my role as a pinch runner, right? So I'm so excited. I get to travel and all this stuff and we go on our first weekend. And then my dad and my mom, um, say, Oh, come home for a family dinner. I'm like, okay. So I go home, you know, another family meeting. Oh, we need to talk about something. And we had, uh, had recently talked about moving. So I'm like, Oh, okay, we're moving. And then, uh, my dad told us something that shook our whole world. And I'll, I'll let my dad speak on that. Before I get into that, I want to say thank you to coach house, coach Amacone, uh, coach Kevin. We're grateful that, um, our daughter's part of a, a family now and that she part of the process here is as your kids move on, you want them to be somewhere safe. And we're grateful that she's part of the pro coach Amacone's program because, uh, they are family. The coach, uh, raises these young women and teaches them the same things that were important to us. So, I think that's an important shout out to just Coach Amicone and her approach with these young women. And I'm grateful for uh, the young women that we've been able to meet that have been in our home and the opportunity we've been able to get to uh, be a part of that family. It's an important shout out there. And so through this process, uh, COVID's rough. You know, financially, we weren't impacted much by it. We've been pretty grateful and we're somewhat quiet about that too because we've got close friends neighbors relatives that have been impacted tremendously by it Uh, we realize that the sickness is real we know people that have been sick we know people have been impacted financially so we're grateful to be where we're at Uh, as bailey alluded to though uh, 2020 was tough for our family as well as many others so the day before she got on the bus for her first collegiate experience, we, Brandon, was having some trouble, had gone in for a, an MRI and found out that he had colon cancer. And that's something that's pretty, pretty important that you need to share. But what do you do in that moment when your daughter has pushed and fought and dug and been so brave to be where she is? And uh, you can't, well, we chose not to tell her until after. And that was when we had the family meeting, uh, the Sunday after her first experience where she, <laughs> she had her first pinch running and it was awesome. <laughs> um, we, um, yeah, started 2021 just as rough as 2020 with the COVID. Uh, it was a year, just a year after all covid Shut everything down. We had a surgery in March. 
uh, to remove colon cancer. And uh, certainly a loop, certainly a curveball. You go, well, we, we were, we were good. We were smooth sailing. We were doing okay. 2020 was good. And we were, we were surviving for the most part. Crazy, but okay. And then um, we have to get our life in order. <laughs> we have to put our finances in order. He's going he's gonna to have a rough time, if not even make it. And then thankfully, with modern medicine, the surgeon was able to get it all with the surgery. And um, anyway, that's a whole nother podcast, right? So that's what we say. That's a whole nother, nother podcast, but um, grateful for strong minds and people who can step in and help us when we need it. And uh, it was a long haul, long process to, to overcome. There were some hard nights and deep despair, but grateful that you're healthy. And my favorite was I snuck into the hospital, oh, right. <laughs> even though during COVID, <laughs> during COVID no one's supposed to go in there. Um, so we had come to uh, bring my mom dinner and kind of give her a break because bless my dad's heart, but he was a little I'm ready to get ornery and wanted to get out of the hospital. <laughs> and so my mom needed a break. So we brought her a treat and some dinner and um, wanted to go in. But obviously the only way in that we knew at the time was through the front and you had check in and all that. So I couldn't get in unless I wanted to get arrested. Um, and so we found a, the back door. Literally. And, it was uh, open. I don't yeah, know. It was, it was open. meant to be. Yeah. So it was right in between shift All changes. Being resourceful. Yeah. Use your resources. <laughs> yes. So I walk in and, you know, I'm, you know, acting like I know I said, what I'm doing. Don't make eye contact. Just go straight to room 26, 206. I don't know, whatever it was. And so I walk in and I'm like, hi, dad. And he, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> and like, not, not but 15 minutes before he had a severe breakdown. So, so it was like perfect timing. Yeah. I'm not, I'm like, I don't oh. remember the breakdown. <laughs> I do. Yeah. But I was like, hi dad. What the hell are you doing here? <laughs> I'm like, okay. Nice to see you too. But he was happy to see me and yeah, um, gave girls. him some treats. And we, the girls on the team, um, we made a poster for him, I, which helped a lot. We, he still has hung up on the wall. And that does. Yeah. And I, for me, I know this isn't, an ideal situation, but um, I'm grateful for the time that I've had to spend with my dad and the movies that we've gotten to watch and um, the conversations that we've gotten to have. And sometimes it's just me going over to do homework and while he takes a nap. Um, but I've gotten to spend a lot more time and, um, you know, it made me realize um, I need to appreciate the small things. Um, and not be so focused on the journey. And now it makes me extremely grateful for the time that I um, that I have with my family and especially my dad. Because he is he's doing all amazing now, but um, that was gotten a little scary there that, you know, that could have been the last moments that I ever got to spend with my dad. Um, and um, now I... I'm just extremely grateful for all, all the small things and appreciate the small wins um, through my dad's recovery of him being able to um, slowly start th doing things by himself and slowly getting back to 
normal life. Yeah, normal, right? You go like normal life and then, oh my gosh, everything's, and then normal life again. That was a little bit of a roller coaster. I mean, that almost brings us to like right now. Yeah, it does yeah, bring us to right now. Just, yeah. Beep, beep, here we um, are. Wow. It took me back to the other podcast. I think that was in May, and I would, at that time, I just honestly was still grateful to be able to have the strength to walk up the stairs. Still sorting through some things. A lot easier to discuss now. And I, I struggle with it because... Um, I don't ever want it to be about me. So uh, those of you are listening, I, I know that I owe a lot of you a conversation still, but uh, it, it's forthcoming. Um, I want to share what I've learned, though. What I learned is I was sick for a long time now, looking back. And I chose to put other things in front of my health. And so the lesson I learned there that I'd like to share with everybody is just listen to your body, listen to your mind. And when your body's saying, hey, you need to breathe or, hey, something's not right, take heed to it. Uh, don't push through. It's okay to uh, go back to that night in 2007. It's okay to accept help. It's okay to listen to your body and say, you know what, the, the things aren't adding up. Because I look back now, I was sick for a long time. And for a gamut of reasons, I chose to uh, put others, put uh, other responsibilities, other people, other things in my life were more important than the fact that, man, my body was saying, you're not, you're not healthy, you're sick. And it, I also learned with that that when you're physically sick, boy, does it take a, a toll on your mental capacity. That week leading into Bailey's experience at uh, Eagle Quest and COVID, I lost a really dear friend that week as well. And I attributed a lot of what was going on in 2022, COVID, to the loss of my dear friend, uh, Mike Scheme. I love you, brother. God bless your soul. I attributed that to the heartache I saw in my own family, uh, these young kids that we'd raised and coached and my own daughter, they, these kids, uh, we'll see the ripple effect, we'll see the cause and effect of 2020 in our youth 10, 20 years from now. It, uh, it was heartbreaking to see all those uh, moments of celebration and to really celebrate, yeah, you met the destination. It, it really hurt last year not be able to do that. So you park those health issues as you're supporting, you think you're doing what's right. But um, so Bailey's first weekend, big deal. They're in Phoenix, Arizona. They get an opportunity to play Oregon Ducks. So Oregon Ducks are a top 10 program in the nation. Like Oregon's legit. They got two games with Oregon that weekend. That's a big deal, right? Like, Whatever your goals are in life, if whatever that is, but for Bailey to be able to be on the field, whether you're in the dugout, pinch running, hitting, whatever, if you get an opportunity to play against the team that's ranked fifth in the nation, like I told her, if you can take the national anthem with that, watch, pay attention, listen, learn, because um, that's the pinnacle of the sport. That's the pinnacle of the game. That's the pinnacle of life. That's 
You don't go any further than that. You're playing on the field. You're taking the national anthem with Olympiads that were just in, in Japan here in the last three weeks. So that was really, really important to us. That was a really big deal for me. Um, and what we'd found out, <clears throat> February 10th, I get diagnosed with stage three colon cancer. 45th birthday is on February 11th. Uh, daughter's first game with Oregon Ducks is February 11th. Can't go watch these kids play because of COVID, right? So you got to limit how many people come to the game. So we're in Phoenix, but we can't go watch our kids play. Imagine that. But as Meg had spoke to, we decided that, hey, we... Bailey's worked her whole, her whole childhood towards this goal. And things were pretty mixed up then at that time. Things were mixed up for me, for sure. I knew it wasn't terminal. I knew that um, there would be life after cancer. However, um, what I can say in that journey is there's always next. So you go to this appointment and they give you a little bit of information, but you got to wait for the appointment three days later. And then three days after that, and three days after that. And you're not certain what the outcome is going to be. And that's really difficult for me. I'm in a profession where I place bets every day. However, we also plan and prepare. And I've learned that you can't change your plan unless you have a plan to begin with. And what I was really struggling with in this was I couldn't plan. I didn't know how to plan. I didn't know what it meant. And Meg and I, boy, we had a lot of conversations about what that is. And we decided that we needed to wait until we got through that weekend, but also until we understood further what that meant. So what I've taken from that is I go back to something that Mike, Mike Whitaker taught me a long time ago. Life shows up, as he says, on a random Tuesday, a random Thursday. It'll bring you to your knees. So life showed up. And it's been hard for us. It's been hard for me because I'm not one to ask for help. So to become vulnerable, to be a stage in life where you've made these decisions as we've shared through this story where uh, you work through it, you persevere, you, you dig deeper, you lock elbows with your team, with your family, and you get through it, well... Yeah, you get faced with some decisions in life that you don't have a choice. You didn't choose that. It chose you. So it shows up. And um, one of our principles in our home and in our lives is you just speak straight. You don't hold punches. Uh, you don't withhold the truth. You just speak to it. And... One thing I won't forget is that uh, it felt like that 10 days, that 14 days, we were living a lie. How do you have that conversation with your kids? And so you start through the process and you have that conversation with your parents, with your in-laws, and you stop right there. And the conversations are just simply Meg and I. We're talking through things, and I thought we had all our house in order, but boy, when you don't, uh, you don't. We don't. We still don't have our home in order. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, under the rugs are clean, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we decided we needed to wait. We didn't want to spoil Bailey's big weekend, but also we didn't have all the information. And so you choose to wait. And as we got in for more, more information, we realized what that was going to mean, and now you need to speak to it. So you got to lean in. Uh, you got to get in the box. You got to swing that damn bat. Amen. Good job, Mom and Dad, by the way. You, you can't mince words. You can't dance around the subject. It's real. And it impacts a lot of people. It impacts, I'm learning now, uh, six, eight months. I don't know how much time it's been, but I'm, I'm learning now the impact of it still to this day. And people that I haven't had the opportunity to communicate our process with. But, uh, you know, as we sat down with the kids, it came down to the fact that I realized that that commitment that I'd made back in 2006 when we got off that ship and came home from Fort Lauderdale, I was stripped of the ability to live up to that expectation. Uh, No matter what I did, I could not fulfill my responsibilities as a father, as a husband, as a leader. I'd been taken from me, and I didn't have a say in that. And I just recently learned that. And so as we sat with our kids, you want to tell them that it's going to be okay. But we didn't know. We didn't know what that was going to mean. And um, Bailey got it. She's a pre-med kid, so she's studying these things. So as we invited her boyfriend, Brogan, over. and He's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Broke. Um, we talked about it and I think with court he's 14 he's just like ah whatever right dad's gonna be sick for a little while it'll be fine and but Bailey she understood medically more so than Megan and I did and so she started what I recall of is she started asking these questions and I she's like oh yeah the sigmoid oh yeah I didn't know how to answer them (laughs) I was like so are you gonna take this and this and this out my dad's like Yes, that's what the doctor said. Here's what took me to my knees, though, was in that process, after we communicated with our kids, all of us have a lot of responsibilities in life. We have people that are dependent upon us. And that's all relative to scale. However, I promise you, if you take a look around, there's people that are dependent on you to show up tomorrow. Uh, A sibling, a pet, a coworker, a teammate a spouse, uh, whatever that is, there's somebody that expects you to show up tomorrow, uh, whether you feel well or not, and give you the best you can. And when that gets taken from you, you have to think about things. And that's been taken from all of us in one way or another with the pandemic. That's real. There's just been liberties that we've all appreciated and we've taken for granted that have been stripped from us in the last 18 months. There's nothing nothing we can do to change that. That's happened. And I've learned that with our bout with cancer as well is that you can't change that. That number was pulled. I remember when I was a kid, we go to ZCMI and you pull a number and you wait in line, right? You get gift wrapped or whatever. I remember. (laughs) We don't do that anymore. Amazon delivers it to the door. But uh, 
I think I pulled a number and my number got called. That's what I think about it now. Uh, all of our numbers got punched with the pandemic. We've all been forced to be put in situations we didn't choose. Uh, if we could rewind, we would. We'd apply what we've learned now to what we didn't know 15, 18 months ago. We'd change it. But I remember vividly where I was that week after we sat with the kids. And here's what really changed my perspective on it was when you need help, your circle gets small. There's really only a core group of people that you can you trust that you need to speak with. And uh, my circle's pretty big. I got responsibilities within an organization that are huge. I got a roster that is massive. Uh, I got 152 people that expect me to show up tomorrow and give them my very best. I've got a family of three others, four including myself, that expect me to show up tomorrow and give them my best. What I learned is I started to communicate with those right in my inner circle. You have to be okay with getting vulnerable. And this is where I was glad that I had been given and our family had been given some of the tools we'd been given through the rapport process because we could speak to it straight. So you start to offload responsibilities onto people and the work stuff's easy. You get to your family stuff and here's what dropped me to my knees. As simple as this is, uh, you got to have a conversation with your 18-year-old daughter. It's midnight, one in the morning. You're on your way home from your boyfriends and you get a flat tire. Well, normally that phone call goes to mom and dad. In our home, that goes to mom Mom decides it's a tire, so that becomes a dad issue. <laughs> she wakes me up because I'm sound asleep, didn't hear the phone ring, right? And uh, so you run out and you help your daughter. Well, when you have to make a decision on who you trust your daughter with at one in the morning, not now that small circle even got smaller. And then what I realized is that now you need to put a few names on that list that your daughter is comfortable with calling in at one in the morning. And now you need to go have a conversation with those three people and you need to say, hey, look, um, from here until whenever I say the rules have changed, you got to take your phone off vibrate and you need to listen for it at one in the morning because I need your help. <laughs> Or she can just come home before one in the morning. <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah. Jeez. Right? Be nothing, home at eight. Nothing good hap happens after midnight. After <laughs> 6 p.m., you should be home in bed. Uh, um, I'm grateful as we sit here tonight because we have friends in the room. Um, I'm going to move forward. So life's good right now. I'm healthy. And... Our family's in good shape, so are our friends. We went through surgery in March, and boy, was it a grueling process. Uh, <clears throat> the physical aspects that are one thing, the drain that it takes on your loved ones while they literally support you and help you through your daily functions is an entirely different thing. That's a, another podcast. <laughs> but... Uh, what I've learned from this the most, though, back to Mike's comments, when life does show up, it's okay to ask for help. Wait, what did you just say? <laughs> <laughs>
it's okay to say, you know what, I'm going to leave my truck in the parking lot overnight at long term one more night. I'm going to get a ride home. Because um, <laughs> she knows. <clears throat> it's okay to accept a ride every day to get to and from because you can't drive yourself. It's okay to admit that your wife is right. <laughs> it's definitely okay to admit that your wife's, your wife's right. I've also learned through this process too, and it, it's most important as I look at, uh, as we've shared our journey with you, that really life's simple. It really is. We overcomplicate it. And if you really just break it down to the simplicity of it, it really is just get up in the morning and enjoy the process. And so even with this podcast, we get an opportunity to do it twice. <laughs> yes, you do. And it's, Everything happens for a reason. (laughs) Same amount of time. Well, I listened to your story, you know, for the last couple hours, and I listened to it before because I was here. I have a saying, it's called best day ever. And for me, I say that every day. But as I hear the story of your family, today really is the best day ever. Because you don't have tomorrow. Mm -mm. None of us. Not just you. Great point, JJ, and I think you're spot on. Tomorrow's not guaranteed to any of us. We've learned that, and uh, you know, I'm I'm glad to be here. <laughs> That's a real saying to me anymore in my life. I finish up most of what I have today to say with "I'm glad to be here." And problems, highs, lows, uh, take advantage of them. Take those precious moments with your wife and your kids. Take advantage of those moments because you don't get them back. Don't finish today on harsh words. We learned that in uh, PC, but we've also learned that this last six months in our home that uh, there's going to be those disputes, arguments, disagreements. However, there's nothing worth uh, finishing the day on harsh words. So circle back on them and own your shit. Apologize for what you said or what you did. Uh, Make sure you close out the day on a high note because tomorrow's a fresh start. We get to start over again. Amen. Absolutely. Meg will decide. <laughs> that sounds about right. I promised you guys, um, you know, when we got towards the end that I wanted you guys to share, you know, what's next for the Blanchard family, right? I mean, you guys know the life's a daring adventure or nothing, nothing. <laughs> and you guys are all, you know, living your best life right now. So what's next? Um, I challenge you to keep it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's the beauty. That's really where it lies, is waking up and making a decision to be good, to be happy. And I, I'm excited for Cordy to go through it. He's a good kid. It'll help him, though. It'll help him recognize or see or see things differently because he has passions just like Bailey does, like we all do. He's strong, strong-willed goofy kid he'd be good on this podcast i think he'd probably be a good youtuber but we haven't hit the numbers yet almost followers. every kid's a good youtuber <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah so we're yeah we'll get we'll get the next generation the next kid in on this i i haven't done lb2 i haven't done eagle quest i haven't done safety or whatever bomb shell bomb diggity dig yeah no yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, that's me. What else is next for Meg? Some snow (laughs) and some skiing. Yes. 
I can feel the powder in my face right now. <laughs> I do. I like it. Snowmobile for dad. And court. And court. And Brett. Kellen. Brian. Everybody. And softball in school for me. <laughs> Couple weeks. Starting it up again. Yep. August 30th. Woo-hoo. Brent? Uh, what I know is um, things will change. What we know now will be different 12 months from now. But I'm, I'm grateful for where we're at in our life. I'm grateful for what we've learned. I'm excited to see uh, what Bailey does. I'm excited to see her accomplish her goals. Proud of you. I'm excited to see what Court does. I, I think one thing we've been blessed with is there is a gap of five years between our kids. And so we've been able to focus on Bailey. Now we get to focus on Court. So he's in the prime of his life. I'm excited to see the young man that he grows into and excited to see what he becomes. We're at a great place in our relationship. Yeah, you're a good dude. <laughs> uh, I'm grateful for my health. Amen. <laughs> and uh, I'm grateful for the Whitaker family and organization, honestly, as a whole. It's a real blessing to uh, see your career just morph into your life, and your life becomes just life, not work, call it life and home life. So uh, excited to see where that goes. Yeah, good people. Um, I'm excited to see what happens for our country and what happens with the pandemic. I think that... Uh, it's real. It's circling back again, but I'm excited to see how we grow from this. It cha- it's going to change who we are. It's going to change how we go about things, and I think it's good. We're going to adapt. We're going to move forward, and most of all, I'm just glad to be here. Absolutely. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> well, guys, I want to um, once again just you know thank you for your courage and your vulnerability. Uh, your passion for each other in this life, just sharing it tonight. Um, truly honored to call you guys, you know, friends and family, and, and so thankful to have you in my life. And um, to anybody who's listening, you know, I know everybody has a story, but you just never know until you're willing to sit down and listen. And those of you that have that story, um, nobody's going to ever hear it unless you share it which is why it's so important that we start talking to each other and and opening up to each other. So, you know, with that, I want to encourage everybody to follow us on uh, social media. I want to thank uh, Mesa Whitaker for joining us here tonight, as well as Bridget Preece. She appreciates that. And, uh, you know, make sure you have the best day ever. Best day ever. And hey, one last thing before we close here, uh, Brett just mentioned you can look for us at uh, Building Utah Youth on Facebook. You can look at us, look us up on our um, website at buildingutahyouth.com. And just real quick, the cliff notes from tonight. Thank you, Blanchards. We love you. Mm -hmm. Ask for help when you need it. Journey, not the destination. Support your team. And get the right people around you when things get tough because it does get smaller. Love you guys. Peace. Love you. you. Respect, integrity, passion, personal power, leadership, enthusiasm. This has been the Empowering Youth Podcast from Building Utah Youth. To become part of the 3%, visit Building Utah Youth on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or on our website at buildingutahyouth.com.